Hey everyone, long time no see. It's been about a month since I posted the last episode and it's just been really busy. A lot of schoolwork, a lot of responsibilities piling up. October was a pretty hectic month for me. But I found some time now and I want to start posting again. And today we're going to continue with the sacrament series and focus on the sacrament of confirmation. So let's get into it. So it sometimes feels like the sacrament of confirmation is that forgotten sacrament, right? Maybe even overlooked. And that's understandable because maybe you don't have a, a good understanding of it. But we have the sacrament for a reason and the Lord wants us to use it and live it out properly. So what's the basic definition of confirmation? The sacrament where the Holy Spirit is given to those already baptized into the church in order to make them strong and a more perfect Christian soldier for Christ. And that's the basic definition of what confirmation is. And maybe you've learned this already, right? Maybe through faith formation, or if you receive the sacrament of confirmation, you probably learned this in preparation for that sacrament. Now, some people might be thinking, what's the necessity of confirmation? Didn't we already receive the Holy Spirit during baptism? And that's true, we did. But the point of confirmation is to perfect our identity and to strengthen us even more. At the point of baptism, we're a child and we've been brought into the family, but we're still growing, we're still learning. At confirmation, we're at the age where we can tell the Lord, I freely choose you, I freely want to be a soldier for you, I want to be strengthened to go out into the world and share your love and share your light. And through the power of the Holy Spirit that is passed down in confirmation, we are now strengthened and prepared to go out into the world. That's that basic understanding of what every Catholic should know of confirmation. Now there are more nuances when it comes to the sacrament of confirmation, and I'll be getting into that today. Stuff like, where is it in the Bible? What are the gifts you receive from confirmation? And even things like, is there a proper age to receive confirmation? And the different ways that confirmation is administered, especially within the different rites of the Catholic Church. So, let's start with where the basis of confirmation can be found in Scripture. Well, all Christians know that the Spirit of God is very tangible, very visible in the holy words of the Bible, right? From the Old Testament to the New Testament, everyone that reads and knows that the Spirit of God is present. And maybe the most profound place where the Spirit of the Lord is found is at the time of Pentecost. At that time, Jesus had already ascended into heaven, and the apostles were kind of worried. They did not know what to do. They were frightened. They were scared. They did not know how to move forward without Jesus. But it was at this time that the promise of the Lord was fulfilled, that he was sent down a great helper for them. So this is straight from the Acts of the Apostles. It reads this, When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together. And suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house in which they were. Then there appeared to them tongues as a fire, which parted and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues. So as we can read from scripture, it's, it's so beautiful to see that the Spirit of the Lord is tangible. It says of tongues of fire. And anywhere that the Spirit comes, something powerful, something beautiful happens. And at the time of Pentecost, that was when the birth of the Catholic Church happened. It was at that moment the apostles found the courage within themselves, given to them by the Holy Spirit, to go out, to preach the word, to baptize, and to bring everyone to the family of Christ. The example given to us in the scriptures where the apostles received the Holy Spirit it's the same example we use when we think about the sacrament of confirmation. In the same way that the apostles were strengthened and filled with the Holy Spirit to go out and preach the gospel, we are also strengthened and filled with the Holy Spirit and then asked to go forth and preach the gospel. 
we are only mirroring the beautiful example given to us in the scriptures. We're only carrying on the tradition that was given to us by the apostles. And we thank God for this great sacrament that he would freely give us the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, and to perfect us along this path towards holiness and to sainthood. Maybe the follow-up question to all this information is, are there any gifts of confirmation? Are we actually getting transformed? Is there there something happening internally to us? And the answer is yes, right? It's not just for show. I kept saying we're getting transformed and strengthened, and there is actual visible fruits of that, right? The Catechism of the Catholic Church, it teaches that the sacrament of confirmation increases the gifts of the Holy Spirit within us. And what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? It's wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, fear of the Lord, and piety. Along with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we also receive the beautiful fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the fruits of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In a simpler term, they're the virtues that make us to be more perfect Christians. And what confirmation does, it, it wells up these fruits and gifts within our soul. Right? It increases our capacity to know what they are, to understand them, and to live them out. If we were incapable of being loving, patient, kind, or having wisdom or understanding before confirmation, what the Holy Spirit does through the sacrament is transform us and change our hearts to be molded into the perfect person that we're called to be. Moving on, let's look at how confirmation is administered toward the recipients and the manner and form in which it takes place. Confirmation is ordinarily given by the bishop and sometimes extraordinarily by the priest, and the manner and form in which it takes place is through the laying of the hands and the holy chrism. Now, chrism is just a fancy word for a mixture of oils that the bishop or priest uses for the recipient of confirmation. Now, there is heavy theological debate if it's the imposition of hands or the holy chrism that fulfills the sacrament of confirmation. But universally, it's accepted that the conjoining of the two fulfills the sacrament. And although there are nuances between the different churches that make up the Catholic Church, this is what almost every church practices. Now, when it comes to the age where confirmation is administered, that is not as universally accepted. So, in the Western Church, or the Latin Church, confirmation is given at the age of reason. That is the age, maybe 8th grade or 10th grade, where the child chooses the sacrament and they know what they're getting into. However, in the Eastern Churches, for example, the Byzantine Church, the Sir Malabar Church, and other Eastern Churches, confirmation is administered at the time of baptism. It's given alongside baptism because the Eastern Church believes that not only is a child being brought into the family of Christ, but they need to be confirmed and be given the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that they can be a soldier for Christ. Now, this raises some debates between uh, people in the Catholic community because some people think, how can a child be prepared to go out and preach the gospel? But the Eastern Church is only preserving the tradition that has been handed down to them through the centuries. And even though, yes, they are a child and they don't know how to go forth and preach the gospel, confirmation helps them receive the teachings of the church with more completion and fulfillment. Now, there are a lot more nuances to cover when it comes to how the Eastern Catholic churches administer confirmation and even other sacraments, but that would take way too long. And the whole purpose of this, of this series and this episode is to just give a brief overview of how each sacrament works and what that does to us. Now, maybe as we move on from this day, we can look at how we were impacted on our day of confirmation. Was it good? Was it bad? Do we remember it? And if not, you know, how can we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, to mold us, to transform us, to let the Spirit of the living God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus in the resurrection, move in us and transform us and resurrect us? And before we close out this episode, as we always do, we look at the saint of the day. And, you know, that's what this podcast is about. We're striving for sainthood. And today's saint is St. Margaret of Scotland. So she was an English princess that was born in Hungary around 1045. And she was royalty, which is kind of different than 
most of the saints we know. But the purpose of her life was fulfilled because of the fact that she was royalty. Because of the influence she had among the public as being a princess and queen, she promoted the arts and education, she allowed the bishops and priests to preach in public, and also told them to correct themselves whenever there was an issue of scandal. She also worked to aid the poor in Scotland. She encouraged people to live a devout life and grow in prayer, while she also grew in prayer. It goes to show us that no matter what role we're given in life, whether we're a queen or living a normal life, that we have the capacity, the potential, and the responsibility to be a saint for the Lord. So let's pray to St. Margaret of Scotland that we use our responsibilities and the roles given to us, use our capacity to be a saint for God. Thank you guys for listening today, and I'll see you all next time.